Good morning everybody. I am Ajit Yashakmar, the narrator. Today we see the story They Never Get Caught. Written by Margie Allingen. The murder was planned carefully, patiently and carried out without any fuss. The only person who was really discarded was the victim the queen of crime writing at her rest best billy dear this test explain itself doesn't it henry mr henry brownring signed this name on the back of the little blue bill with the florist then he said the scrap of paper carefully in the exact center of the imperfectly scrawled developing bath and leaving the offending utensils on the kitchen table for his wife to find when she came in he stalked back into a shop feeling that he that administered the rebuke surely and at the same time gracefully in 15 years mr boring felt that he had mastered the arts of teaching his wife her job not that he had taught her that mr bowring felt with a woman of milly's strudging obtuseness was past praying for but now after long practice he could deliver the snump or administer the punishing words in a way which would penetrate her passive dullness with often hour after she had returned from shopping and before lunch was sent upon the table she knew the bath would be back in a dark room bright and present as when it was new and nothing more would be said about it milly would be a little more ineffectually anxious to please at lunch perhaps but that was all mr bowring passed behind the counter and flicked a pack of dust of the dummy cartron of the face cream it was 12:25 and a half in 4 and a half minutes pilis bell would leave her office further down the high street and in the 7 and 
half minutes she would come in through that narrow sunlit doorway to the cold drug scented shop on that patch of floor where the sunlight lay blue and yellow since it had found its way in through the enormous glass vases in the window which bear the emblem of this trade she would stand and look at him had blue eyes limpy and her small mouth pursued and abordable the chemist looked up one of the empowering backed hand mirrors exposed on the counter for sale and glazed at the himself in it he was not altogether a prepossessing person never a tall man at a 42 his wide stocky figure and showed a definite tendency to become fleshy but there was a strength and virility in his thick shoulders while he's cleaning his shaven face and broad neck with a short and bull like and his lips were full pilis like his eyes they had her shishet and most of their young men who bought her cosmetics at the corner shop and chatted with mr browning across the counter might have been inclined to agree with her over dark round hot eyes had mr browning not at all the shot of her eyes for a little plump middle-aged chemist with a passive wife like millie but mr boring did not complete his own eyes he smoothed his eyes wiped his lips and then realized that pilis was almost due to he disappeared behind the dispensing desk it was as well he always thought not to appear too eager he watching the windows through so when she came in he saw the flickers of her green skirt as she hesitated on the step and saw her half eager half apprehensive expression as she glanced towards the counter 
he was glad she had not come in when a customer was there pilus was different from any other of the other whose little histories stretched back through the past 14 years when pilus was in the shop mr boring found that he is liable to make mistakes liable to drop things and fulfill the change he came out from there obviously eager in spite of himself and drew the light golden haired girl sharply towards him over at the bottom of the counter which was lowest and which he purposely kept uncluttered he kissed her and suddenly hungry force of the moment betray him utterly he heard her quick in the breath before her realized herself and stepped back you you should not she said nervously tucking her that back into the position she was barely 20 small and young looking for her years with an yellow hair and a pleasant quiet style her blue eyes were frightened and a little disgusted now as though she found herself caught up in a emotion which are instinctively considered not quite nice henry bondage recognized the expression he had seen it before in other eyes but whereas on past occasions he had been able to the tolerantly amused and therefore comforting and glibly reassuring in pleats it irritated and almost frightened him why not he demanded sharply too sharply he knew immediately and the blood flushed into his face Filish looks a deep breath I came to tell you um she said jerkly like a child saying it's peace I have been thinking things over I cannot go on this all this You are married I want to be married some some days I I I shan't come in again You haven't be talking to someone He demands suddenly cold 
about you, good Evans? No. Her main sense was convincing and because of that, he shut his mind into an uncompetently inference and experienced only relief. You love me? said Henry Browning. I love you and you love me. You know that. He spoke without intention, hysteric but adopting a curious monotone which one actor some actors have discovered in one of these most convincing methods of conveying deep sincerity pilis nodded merciable and then seems oddly embarrassed pistol her eyes wandered to the sunlight e streets and back again goodbye she said huskily and fell he saw her spreading past the window almost running for some time henry browning reminded looking down at the patch of the blues sunlight where she had stood finally he raised his eyes and smiled with a conscious wryness she would come back tomorrow or in a week or in 10 days perhaps she would come back but the obstacles the insurmountable obstacles would rise again in a time it would defeated him and she would lose her pilis was different from others he would lose her unless the obstacles were removed henry boring found there was other considerations to the old molten ledger told those only all clearly if the obstacles were removed it would be automatically wiped away those difficulties also for boss there not the insurance and that small income milis father had left on securely tied as though the old man had divined with his doctor would grow up a fool Mr. Browning's eyes rested upon the little drawer under the 
counter marked prescriptions private it was locked not even a ink peri his errand boy and a general assistant who poked his nose into most things guessed that the under the pile of slips with uh, within was a pack of letters scrawled in the pilot's childish hand he turned away abruptly his breath was his breath was hard to draw and he was trembling the time has come some months previously henry browning was decided that he must become a widower before the end of the year but the interview of morning had convinced him that he must hurry at this moment milly her face still pink and with shame of at the recollection of the affairs of the ill washed bath put her head round in the inner door lunch is on the table henry she said and added with that stupidity with that annoyed him ever since it has been seen to please him making him feel superior well you do look serious oh henry you haven't a mistake and given somebody a wrong bottle no dear milly said her husband serving her coldly and speaking with a heavy sarcasm that's a peculiar shot of idiot mistake i have yet to make i haven't reached my wife's level yet and as he followed her uncompaining figure to the little room behind the shop a word echoed rhythmically in the back of the mind and kept time with the beating of his heart hurry 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 henry dear said milly browning turning a troubled face towards her husband why dr kuplier he is too expensive and so old she sta- she was standing in front of this dressing table in the big front bedroom above the shop brushing her brown gray streaks as before she painted it
and coiled it round her head henry browning lying awake in the in his bed on the far side of the room did not answer her melly was on talking she was used to henry's silence henry was so clever most of the time was spent in thoughts i have heard all the stories of old things that the doctor krupier krupiner she remarks they forgot his old he forgets why shouldn't we go to the mother's man she would him unfortunately for your mother she has been an intelligence without a man to look after her poor man said henry bowring milly had no comments krupiner continued henry prony may not be much look as the general partitioner but there is a one subject on which he is master i was i want him to see you i want to get you well old dear milis gentle expressionless face flushed and her blue eyes looked moist and foolish in the mirror henry could see her reflection in the glass and he turned away there was a moments when by her obvious gratitude for him kind word from him milly made him a feel a certain distaste for the prospect he wished to god she would go away and leave him from last few months in bed to think of pilis in peace you know henry mr said mr browning suddenly i don't feel ill those things you are giving me are doing me good i am sure i do not feel nearly too tired at the end of the day now can't you treat me yourself the man in the bell stifen any competence accompanies he made can felt vanish and he became very oh, of course they are doing you good he said with the satisfaction of 
knowing that he was telling the truth up to the point or at least of knowing that he was doing nothing rehabilitative yet i don't believe in patient medicals as rule and but fendens pills are good they are well known farmers and they are certain to to pick one up but i just want to make sure that your organic sound i don't like you getting breathless when you hurry and the color of your lips is in good you know plum foolish milly looked into the mirror and nervously ran her four fingers over her mouth like many women of her age she had lost much of her color and her certainly was faint very faint blue streak round the edge of her lips the chemist was heavily reassuring nothing to worry i'm sure but i think we'll go down and see crupiness in this evening he said and added antroidly we want to be on the safe side don't we milly nodded her mouth trembling yes dear she said and paused adding afterwards in the insufferable way of her i suppose you and she had gone downstairs to attend to breakfast henry browning throws within has won lost praise still on his lips he repeated it truthfully the safe side that was right the safe side no ghastly has of it for henry browning only fools made a hash of things only fools had caught this was almost too easy milly was so simple minded so utterly unsuspecting by the end of the day mr browning was nervy the boy perry had reported innocently enough that he had been seen young hills in his new car going down acacia road and something over 60 and had had casually that he had had the bell girl with him the youngest one bilis 
Mr. Brown. Remember her? She was rather pretty. For a moment, Henry Brown was in a terror. Least the boy that discovered his secret and was wounding him maliciously. But having convinced himself that this was not so the fact and the string remained. Young Hill was handsome and a bachelor. Pilis was young and impressible. The chemist imaged him pulling up in some shady copse outside the town. holding hands perhaps even kissing under the heart which could remains steady where milly's stupid eyes met the anxiously as she spoke of her illness turned over painfully in henry boring's side and the thought of that embarrass Hurry! The word formed itself again in the back of this mind. Hurry! Hurry! Millie was breathless when they arrived to the doctor's crib in her old-fashioned house. Henry has been self-observed and had walked. fastly very fastly and dr kubiner saw them immediately he was a vast dusty old woman privately mili thought she would like to make a good stiff broom to him and his picture the idea conjured in her mind was so ridiculous that she giggling nervously and henry had to shake his head at her warningly she flushed painfully and the old stupid expressions settled down over the face again Henry explained her symptoms to the doctor and Millie looked surprised and gratified that the anxiety he betrayed Henry had evidently noticed her little bearnessness such more often than she supposed when he had finished this recital of her small ills none of them alarming in themselves but piling up in the total to the other terrifying sum of evidence dr krupiner turned his eyes which were small and greasy with the red veins in their i waits on to its mili and 
his whole lips which were molded like henry's ledgers moved for a fraction of a second before his voice came wheezy and sepulchral well madam he said your husband has seemed worried about you let's have a look at you millie trembled she was getting breathless again from sheer apprehension once or twice lately it had occurred to her that the fender's pills made her feel breathless even while he backed her up in other ways but she had not liked to mention this to henry dr krupiner came close to her breathing heavily through his nose in an effort of concentration he thrust a stubby unsteady fingers into her eye socket dragging down the skin so that he could not peer short-sightedly and at her eyeball he tumbled her half heartedly of this back and felt the palms of her hands mr browning who watched all this somewhat meaninglessly rituals his round eyes thought and uneasy suddenly took the doctors on one side and the two men had muttered conversation at the far of the long room Millie could not help overhearing something of it because Dr. Krubiner was deaf these days and Henry was anxious to make himself understood. Twenty years ago, she said, very suddenly, and then after a pause, the awful word heredity Millie's trembling fin increase in the intensity and her broad stupid face look frightened he was talking about her poor papa he had died very suddenly of heart disease her own heart jumped painfully so that was while henry seemed to so anxious dr krubiner came back to her she had to undo her dress and dr krubiner listened to her heart with an ancient stethoscope
Billy already trembled began to breathe with difficulty as her alarm became unbearable at last the old man finished with her he stared at her unblinkingly for some seconds and finally turned to henry and together they were back to the far end of the room Millie stained her ears and heard the old man's rumbling voice a certain regular irregularity nothing very alarming bring her to see him again then was a question from henry which she could not catch but afterwards as the door seems to be plumbing in his mind for a reply the chemist remarked in an ordinary tone i have been giving her fenders pills fenders pills doctor groupers echoed the words with relief excellent excellent you chemists like pancinent medicines i know and i do not want to encourage you but that's a well known formula and will save you mixing up the prescription carry on with those for a while very good things i often recommended them take him in the moderation of course on oh, of course said henry but do you think i am doing right doctor milly looked pleased and stared in the earnest of henry's tone Oh without doubt Mr Bowring without doubt Dr Krippiner repeatedly the words again as he came back to Millie Here Mrs Browning he said with furious jollity you take care of yourself and do what you her husband says come to see me again in a week or so and you will be here right as 9 pence of you go oh but miss browning no shocks mine no exclamations no little upsets and do not overtire yourself he shook hands perfunctorily and while henry was helping milly to collect her things with a solicitude quite unusual in him the old man looked down a large dusty book from their shelves just before they left he peered at henry over his spectacles Those vendors pills are quite a 
good idea he remarked in a tone quite different from this professional rumble just think they can contains a small percentage of declaration the part one is over now we will shall meet tomorrow thank you thank you for hearing this